When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. You're listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, Episode 52. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, brand and communication strategist, also known as the Podcasting Queen. Welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast, the podcast that empowers you to reach your full potential. Coming up with an idea for a business, well, many of us entrepreneurs, we can relate to that. But what about coming up with an idea for a business and then going out and having to meet with prospective investors to secure capital to fund the development and growth of your business? Now, joining me on today's show is Ludwina Dortovic. Ludwina has been a successful entrepreneur for over two decades, and she's the founder and CEO of The Room Exchange, a service which connects busy professionals, young families, and empty nesters with a spare room in their home, with travellers and guests providing an agreed amount of help around the home in exchange for food and accommodation. In fact, the Room Exchange is Ludwina's fifth technology startup company, which she has invested in, and so far, this startup is fully self-funded. Now, Ludwina is currently immersed in her first capital raise and is leading the company towards a global market. On today's show, she's going to share, be kind to people, leave a trail of kindness behind you, surround yourself with the best team of advisors so you get and listen to their advice, as well as be a leader who inspires those who you are leading. So welcome to the show, Ludwina. Thank you, Anne-Marie. That was a fantastic introduction. Oh, Very thank nice. you. Look, I love to share the successes and milestones of all our guests, and yours are as impressive as always. You established your first business, a successful media and production company at 30 years of age. You then produced Media Minds, and that was a video production workshop sponsored by Apple, and you presented that to over 300 schools in Adelaide, Brisbane, and Melbourne. You've had a number one iTunes-rated podcast show called Switched On Conversations, this is where you interviewed global thought leaders in digital and new media. And now, of course, you're founder and CEO of your startup company at the age 50. And you've also survived kidney cancer. Wow, what an inspiration you are. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's been a bit of a journey. But I think yeah. when you, by the time you get to 50, you probably, most people would have a few things like that under their belt, I think. Tell me, what is it that gets you up in the morning that really drives you to come up with these ideas and just get things rolling? Well, firstly, I'm not a morning person, so I struggle with that every <laughs> there day. There you go. You recognise where your strengths oh, lies, yes. <laughs> yes, and I've decided at the age of 50, I'm not going to be embarrassed about it anymore. I'm just, I'm a night owl, and, and, but that's the case. But when I do get up, right now, and I was thinking about this before, I was having such a wonderful conversation with someone in the US, and, and you know, he was saying that the impact that the room exchange is going to have in the housing crisis worldwide mm. is just so inspirational. And I thought, gosh, you know, sometimes are you... You start something like this and the initial reasons why you start it are one thing, but then they end up evolving into another and being able to see other people's 
you know, insights and, and hear their enthusiasm and excitement um, in the way that, you know, what we're doing is going to have such a big social impact globally. Mm. That's what gets me excited and gets me out of bed because it's those conversations that keep me going and mm-hmm. keep spurring on the, you know, the energy because it requires a lot of energy to be doing what I'm doing right now. Oh, absolutely. And and the reason I ask that is because, you know, many of us can have a passion, we can have an idea. And as you know, I mean, you know, you've got extensive business experience. There are challenges that you need to overcome. And what I hear coming through loud and clearly in your response is that you really do have that passion. It's connected to your why. And that really fires you up. You're surrounding yourself with other incredible people that also empower as, as well. And that's so important. Have you found that throughout the years? Yeah, definitely. One of the things I have learned in regards to the people that I have surrounded myself with is that at one point, and I guess this is sort of, you know, when you're younger, your your self-confidence and your self-awareness really isn't there as much as when you get older and you start to care less. Mm. Um, But, you know, when I was younger, it's sort of I had so many people around me. I used to be a real people person in that way. And what I found was is that I was listening to the opinions of others more than I was listening to my own. Mm -hmm. And when I did actually become sick and I had those years of becoming a bit more of a recluse I made a decision well I think just by default but I realized later that because of the voices that I lessened in my head I started to listen to the ones that I really wanted to hear Mm -hmm. and those were the ones that actually got me to where I am today so it is very important you know everybody's got an opinion everybody thinks that they can do something better than the way that you're doing it There are people that I will take advice from and I will take those big kicks up the backside because I ask for them. Mm -hmm. You know, if I feel that I need that or if I feel I need a Yoda moment, that you know, there's somebody that I go to for that. And if I feel like I I need some emotional support, I'll go to this other person for that and nobody else. So everybody else, I gain things from them for different areas of my life, but for the most important things which keeps my mind and and myself focused in where I'm heading, I really limit those voices mm. and, and I'm very careful about who they are. Let's speak a little bit more. I'm sure we've got insights into this. Firstly, how can you or we discern between the voices? Because many of us are probably surrounded like you were many years ago with lots of people with advice and their opinions and everything. So firstly, how do we discern the people that we should be listening to? And secondly, is there any insights that you can share on pinpointing people that we want to surround ourselves with? Because sometimes we may see a couple of people that we think my goodness they've got such great insights I would love for them to be included in my team of advisors how best to go and approach them love your thoughts on those two areas it reminds me of a conversation I had a few years back when my husband and I were looking for a financial advisor and uh, this person from a bank institution came to our house and sat there with us and the first question I asked him was so what assets do you have? You know, what, what kind of wealth have you created for yourself? And he said, oh, I'm not there yet. And I said, oh, that's really interesting. So you're coming here to advise us on how best to manage our own assets wow. and our own wealth, but you, don't, you haven't created any for yourself. I think you need to go away and build some, have some experiences there, mm-hmm. and then come back and advise. And that's, you know, I guess is a metaphor, an example of, you know, how I've chosen my advisors and how I've chosen those people to listen to because Mm -hmm. they have a track record of being or they're at where it is that I want to be in a couple of years' time, but they've actually been through the process that I'm going through right now. So their insights and their experience can lessen some of the harder times that I'll have by the mistakes that I would have made without them. I still have to walk the walk that I have to to learn because I really love 
those lessons actually because they they really help to to give me insight and clarity for the next time that Mm. I'll come across them so I'll know better what to do so I'm not looking to avoid difficulties or the hard times but if I can lessen the pitfalls that I fall into well then that helps immensely so you know I really I listen to them and I I weigh up that information and because I know the people very well and their intention towards ensuring everything that they can do to make sure that the room exchange is successful and that I'm okay in this process because I trust that I, mm-hmm. I trust them and I trust what they say um you know I, I I do a lot of reading and research and things like that too but if I come up with an idea or thought I will come back to the particular person I have in place that's an expert in that area ask their opinion first before I go and follow through and the other thing is too about you know, my advisory board are just amazing, they're just incredible people. It's great to have them there because anytime somebody approaches me with an offer or an idea or something that's quite substantial that I need to consider, I've always got an out because I'll say, I need to run it past my advisors first. Mm-hmm. And so it just gives me that, you know, the guys say that let me be your bad cop. And if I feel that they should be the one having the conversation with them, then they will have that and then protect me or have that covering over me so that I don't need to deal with that and possibly potentially create ill will with a person because I said no or mm-hmm. uh, whatever that is. So they're kind of like my big brothers in that way. They protect me in my uh, decisions and the business deals um, in advisement and in directions to go. Did you know these four people individually first or did you hear about them and then approach them? How, how did you go about approaching them to ask them to become part of your board of advisors? Chris Adams, who's one of my advisors, and I've been very good friends for um, nearly five years now, and and he has been involved in a few companies over that time. And through the development of that business relationship with him and our friendship, there were opportunities in there where I could get involved with the companies that he was um, involved with. That's Mm. when I started becoming interested in investing in tech companies. And as you mentioned in the intro, this is the fifth tech company I've invested in, but my first startup in in that way. But over that time, I got to sit at the feet of masters is what I say. So I got to sit at the feet of the the CEOs of these tech companies and offer my help and support. I believe that I invested in them as well. And and I believe that being a good investor, you help. That's just my belief. It's like, how can I help? Mm -hmm. And because I got involved and helped and helped in some significant ways, um, it helped them. And so in turn, when I came around to to this place where, you know, as I said to, to Chris, for example, you know, uh, Harry and I are talking about the room exchange. We've been living like this for four years. So many people have said it's a great idea. And he said, absolutely, you have to do it and I'll mm, help you. Yeah. And, and and it's kind of like, I guess, that opportunity for him to also, you know, be involved in something that he knew that I had the potential to, to do something like this. But he'd also been guiding me over the last few years towards having the right mind and thoughts and faith in myself to be able to do something like this. And then from there, a lot of doors open. So... Uh, then I was introduced to Tim Wall, who um, I work with on a weekly basis, and he has been there. He's a specialist in investor relations, and he has helped me to become investor ready. You know, mm-hmm. in getting my investor deck, my data room, you know, all of those things that I need, so that when I go and I pitch and I present to investors, I'm confident knowing that whatever they ask for, we've got direct access to at a click of a button. Mm-hmm. And so that's been fantastic. And then Eric Tyler was introduced to me, and he's a sophisticated investor. He's um, from Sydney and um, and so he knows that when I get to the next level raise, not where I'm at right now because we're at what's technically known as pre-seed or seed round, but when we get to, you know, our first big round, that's when 
you know, these guys are preparing me for that as well. Mm-hmm. And that's where Eric has been able to advise. And David Stavropoulos is the CEO of Spondo, which is one of the other tech companies I've invested in and also um, supported them. And um, and he's a lawyer, corporate law. And, you know, and he just said, look, how can I help? Yeah. And it's just wonderful. So it's sort of, you know, when you were saying it the, in, in the introductions, one of the things that I say is like leave a good trail of breadcrumbs behind you. You know, like it's what I mean by that is, is that if you've helped and you've supported people along the way and you're hanging around people that you want to be like in your future, do what it is that you can to help them. And don't be surprised if one day they come back to you and say, how can I help? That's wonderful. And I think also too, and we'll dive a little bit further into um, some of the terminologies that you mentioned, like your investor deck and, and so forth, because that's obviously what you needed to get in place to be able to approach the investors and so forth. But if so, if someone's listening today and has not really taken the steps to share, to be kind, to support where they can, that really needs to be a first step, isn't it? Recognise groups, recognise um, associations or something that other people who you really admire, respect, because they are at where we want to be, if you can support them in any way and build that relationship. Is there there anything else that you would advise if someone's starting from from scratch and having to take the first step towards starting to build some of these relationships? There's um, quite a lot of investment funds and groups that I've come across through this journey that have what's called like um, accelerator programs or incubators. Okay. There's one I've just recently come across called Capital Pitch. They're fantastic. They have a program where as long as you qualify for their minimum criteria and it might be a little bit too early for some that are starting from the very beginning because you need to be revenue generating at the point where they'll accept you. But if they take you on board, well, then they will get you ready uh, to be investor ready and then they'll also, they'll be invested in your company then as well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, go and approach them to find out what their criteria is, but it's capital pitch, but um, they're fantastic. There's also, you know, like Wholesale Investor, which is a, a platform that I have pitched at where they actually get the investors in the room you can then come and pitch to those investors and, uh, you know, I've pitched in front of probably, I don't know, four or 500 people through them and they have different events like in Sydney, Melbourne. So th- there's those. And then there's corporate advisory firms that you can hire who will help you to be investor ready. So the first steps is like, well, let's go to somebody who that you would have to invest in by pay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, to consult with you to help get you ready. And that's what Tim Wall has, has done for me. Yeah. Or you, you can hire a corporate advisory firm. Once you've done that, your pitch deck is essentially it's like a PowerPoint presentation that, you know, needs to be crafted in a very specific way for investors to review it. And one of the things that I've learned is what you think is the value in your company and what an investor will see as the value in your company are two very different things. Mm -hmm. So you need to know and understand what those things are um, and get your pitch deck presented and ready um, in that way. The data room is essentially a a digital room, like a Dropbox folder or something like that that's secure, where you would put all your financial documents, your legal documents, all the the documents that you required, your company structural documents, etc., in there so that when an investor, potentially investor requests something that you've just got immediate access to that. So there's a lot of work that goes into preparing it. And that is, you know, obviously apart from your business plan, your marketing plan, you know, who your team are. I've got a complete legal team, mm-hmm. uh, legal vision, uh, my legal team. So they've helped me prepare my legal documents for the website to setting up the company structure, you know, share allocations, employment share option plans, mm-hmm. all, all those things that you need 
Um, and then obviously the, um, the the process of being ready to sell shares in your company too. And by the way, I'm just going to mention at this point, and I don't get anything from, from saying this, but Legal Vision are an extraordinary legal firm for people that are on a limited budget in business. You know exactly up front what it's going to cost you. And because of the way their company's structured, their fees are nowhere near as high as regular lawyers. So mm-hmm. that's just an amazing resource for anyone that's listening. Legal Vision and us with Jill McKnight, they're just a beautiful company. But they've just worked very closely with me to make sure that I've got everything in place. Like when I had to sort of, you know, if somebody questions a particular thing about the room exchange, I think, oh, that's a, something I should go to Legal Vision and get them to you know, research and review that's all got a legal document. So if one person has said it, it's a possibility that an investor might say it as well. I could say, yes, well, we've had our legal team research that and here's their statement on that. Mm. So just, you know, and my accounting firm, Picture Partners, you know, they're amazing. They've done my financial spreadsheet and projections and I hate numbers, so please don't be impressed with that rattle off my tongue so easily. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you have a great team of advisors oh, behind God, you. But I tell you what, you everything that you're saying, and obviously for people who've never really gone through this process, there is a process. And as you've said, there are teams of advisors who are experts in their fields, and we really should not try to do that them, ourselves. Because I bet when you're standing in front of a group or maybe doing a one-on-one pitch to a potential investor if you don't come across as confident and know your numbers and things like that that is absolutely going to shine through and I'm sure that a potential investor is probably not going to really look with confidence if as a presenter of of your business uh, you're not uh, confident in, in what you're presenting yes Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and confidence is like anything. You need to practice it. The first time you tied your shoelaces, if you remember, you probably didn't do it very well, but after Mm. a few times you get it. Um, You know, I remember my first presentation and my advisor said, you know, do it at home in your living room first in front of your friends and family. And I did that. There were, you know, 30-ish people here. And then my next pitch was at the Picture Partners boardroom in um, in the city of Melbourne. And then, then I was flying up to uh, Brisbane to pitch at Arrive Wealth Management up there. I was requested to pitch in front of their directors so that they could hear the story and potentially, you know, let their investors know about it. And mm. then, you know, they pitched at the Hilton in front of 400 investors in Sydney, you know. But thank <laughs> God that was pitch, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was you know, it was it, it was great, but you know, there's one other thing I want to add here at this point too, because listening to all this for the first time, I remember the first time I listened to everything that I needed to get to, and it can be really overwhelming. But if mm. you break it down in parts, it's not so bad. Yeah. Um, and give yourself some time. Like it has literally taken me 12 months and a couple of hundred thousand dollars of my own money that we, you know, remortgaged our house and put our money into it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Chris said to me once, don't be an entrepreneur unless you're willing to hock your house and match your credit card and, you know, get to the point where you've got no money left. Because if yeah. you're not willing to back yourself, mm-hmm. why should anyone you else back you? Else? Yeah, Absolutely exactly. right. And, you know, and part of that is, is that I, I'm not doing any other work at the moment. I can't be seen to have one hand in this and one hand in something else. So I'm not earning an income right now either. Mm. I am literally putting full-time effort into this and that's how committed I am to it. And that level of commitment is what will come through Absolutely. And it really is a, such an incredible or powerful lesson, I should say, to business owners listening today. Because how often do you hear, 
when people explain what they do, well, I've got this company over here or this business here and then I'm doing this and then I'm doing this and that completely undermines everything. And I can imagine if you're trying to present your business idea to a potential investor, they are not going to even give you a second look if you're, they can also see that you're, you know, doing other things as well and your, your time, attention and focus is not wholly and solely on this business for sure. Tell us a little bit about uh, presenting to investors. How many times do we find as entrepreneurs, and this can be even going and, and speaking to a potential client, when we get a no, it can be a real kind of punch in the gut. Or what insights do you want to share around how you just pick yourself up and keep going? Yeah, look, that's definitely part of the, the journey. And it's hard when that happens. And, you know, I remember one time when I was up in Sydney, because last year I was, uh, for about three months, I, was, I started my Investor Roadshow and I'm still on it. You know, one particular night I, you know, was getting a few notes of some people that couldn't make it to the investor pitch that I had gone up there for. And I remember sort of having what I call like a mini meltdown and I and I rang Tim, my advisor, and I was, it didn't answer. And I was like, oh, why am I doing this? Oh. And having this pity party. Mm-hmm. And then five minutes later, I just went, no, gosh, reframe your thinking. That's stupid. <laughs> Ask yourself stupid questions. You're going to get stupid answers. And mm-hmm. it's like, no. And, you know, I reminded myself that even if one person shows up, it's worth it. Absolutely. And it turns out that a few more showed up. And then the two people that were there specifically ended up putting me on a trajectory that I would not, wow. not have otherwise had been on. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's one. The other one is that, you know, sometimes people say yes to you that they're going to invest and we've had that and then, you know, they, they pulled out because they felt it was too early for them at this at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and that was kind of hard too. But so what I did is that I just gave myself three days to feel awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was on a Thursday <laughs> and Monday was when I was starting back at work this year. So it was actually over the holidays. We were thinking, yeah, we're going to start this year off with the funding. And, yeah. and um, they just made a decision too early, unfortunately. But it was like, oh. Thank God I had three mm. days before I started back to work and I just went, okay, I'm going to give myself those three days. I'm just going to feel awful. And then Monday morning, that's it. I have to wake up and just get back up on the horse again. And yes. so I, to answer to your question, I give myself a little bit of time, give myself permission to feel, you know, mm-hmm. sad for a little while. But then I actually have a date and a time where I go, that's it. Then you've got to get yourself back up again. Yeah. And, and you just do. <laughs> so it. Yeah. And it's good to hear these things because I know often as businesses, we'll listen to podcast interviews like this one today and, you know, you're sharing your incredible background. And often we can go, oh, well, look, you know, she can do it and she's achieved this. And we don't often hear the stories, the behind the scenes, you know, the knockdowns, the no's, all of that. And we realise, you know what, she's gone through the same thing. But... She's got herself up, dusted herself off, and she's continued. And who knows? And I'm sure this will happen. You'll have another investor that will say, yes, that'll be much better, much more aligned than, you know, often when a door closes um, on you and uh, just opens the door for something even better. That's what I love to put in my mindset, and it is often the case. So great insights there. Let's talk a little bit about being a leader who inspires those that you are leading. This is just vital, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's a it's a funny thing actually because I, I've never actually had a day job as in worked in the corporate industry or yeah. I worked in hospitality for nearly 10 years and then I became a, a mum and then just started sort of, you know, decided one day I was going to make a TV show and then that was the beginning <laughs> of my self-employment at 30 years yeah. of age. So yeah. everything that I've done in the way that I, I work with my team and my team's big, we have like about 12 suppliers and about four people that work with me directly on a daily basis. And it's really interesting. I go into these corporate places when I go to, you know, pitch to investors and things like that. And I actually take in homemade 
stuff that I make. Oh, really? I make like a, a cake or something that's gluten free or little things on it. Take it in and and they look at me really weird. I just said, well, I just really appreciate that you've invited me here yeah. to um, let me pitch for you and here's something that we can enjoy <laughs> while we're, you know, while we're talking or. You know, I write thank you cards to them after they've given me their time and yes. those sorts of things, are, that's me. So I'm a mm. foodie, I'm a nurturer by nature. So what I've found is that I've just naturally incorporated those things that are really keen important to me in the way that I am in my professional life in, in this particular startup and dealing with the, you know, working with the corporate people in that community, right? Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because I'm hearing a lot that people saying, wow, this is refreshing, it's different and it's like, oh, okay. I appreciate that, but it's just me. But I don't have anything to benchmark that against. So <laughs> yes. that's why I just think it's normal, but, you know, yeah. they say that it's not. And what I'm finding with that is that I came to a point of realisation that as long as I'm being absolutely myself, Phil said a little bit sometimes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> appropriately for the environment I'm in, mm-hmm. then that's going to work. And, yeah. and it, it's proven to work, but it means that, it's giving other people permission to completely be themselves as well with me. Mm-hmm. So the people that do work directly with me are finding that inspiring and are personally invested in you know what I'm doing here and the outcome of this by that form of leadership. I hope I explained that. Yeah, no, that that is absolutely true. I mean, what you've done is you've recognised this authentic part of your personality, your characteristics, and to nurture and to bring a homemade food item or something that you really want to leave as an appreciation. And that's uniquely you. And I tell you what, it would be so memorable because of the fact that no one else is really doing that, but it is uniquely you. You're going to be memorable. And look, I think a leader, we all have the potential to be a leader. It's all about influence. And I think when we influence on a positive note, even if it's something that we say, or in your case, you share, you make someone's day brighter. And I'm sure when they remember back to that time when you handed over that cake or whatever it was, they remember that fondly. So I think whatever's uniquely you and can really add and enhance the experience others have of you, then I say, why not? You know, let that be your your thing that you do. And I'm sure that that's something that, that people now think, oh, we're having a meeting with Ludwina. I wonder what she's going to bring us today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's also, as I said before, when you give people permission to completely be themselves and yes. their guard comes away mm-hmm. and then they can see more of you and I can see more of them. And the working relationship improves so much. So Honey Rosenwax, for example, she's my PR agent. She's from Arise Communication. She's just amazing, beautiful woman. And she's got me nine national media pieces, and we only officially launched last week. She's in, it's crazy mm, wow. what she's done yeah. in the last nine months, yeah. But what, what she, in, in our conversations, like every time we talk, she's got a notepad out, and she's writing stuff down, writing my quotes down she goes oh that's great I'm gonna pitch you on that thought and (laughs) and then you know and she and she has these beautiful you know ways of just sharing and encouraging me back and saying you know I find you really inspirational because and she'll share her reasons why and and how I'm impacting her life as well as hers impacting mine in the room exchanges so it's, it's just lovely you know it's so lovely to have that level of intimacy and Aisha Hillary who's my um, head of marketing and and partnerships, you know, she's the same. She's just become such a dear friend. And I've actually recently, I just started painting last year and I've just painted her for a Christmas present. She's in Florence at the moment. So when she gets back, she's going to get it. But that's how much I care about her. You know, she's just, she just does so much and she's so brilliant and she's just so personally invested 
yes. in the room exchange, you know. So they know that at the moment, yeah, we're, we're focusing on raising capital and, you know, they're doing everything that they can beyond what they're expected to yeah. do yeah. because they know that if they can, that this goes gets over the line, everybody's going to get to work together for a very, very long time. Yeah, And also, too, you are leading by example because that's how you approach things. That's just the way that you show up. And as leaders, we can empower others to do the same. And, and you're creating this culture of a community of people who are like-minded and that's why your team just steps forward and gives you know their ultimate support so fantastic how can people find out more about your new business the room exchange the room letter x and then the word change.com um it's, it's pretty exciting actually that we're interviewing now you're the first one to uh we just launched the profile building feature, so you can actually now go onto the website. Oh, fabulous. Um, yeah, yeah, and create a profile. And we're going to be doing manual exchanges for the next six months for free. So if you actually um, sign up now, over six months you get to be able to use the room exchange for free and change the way you live. And essentially it's just busy people with a spare room in their house get matched up with guests or travellers who are willing to give a couple of hours a day help around the house in exchange for their food and accommodation. It's a win-win on both sides. You know, we really believe it's going to put a massive dent in the housing crisis. There's a big issue at the moment with, you know, 18 to 30-year-olds not being able to afford to live because their mm. income isn't matching the cost of living these days. And we're getting a very big age population as well, who are people living in these big homes with this space that somebody else could be living in and contributing to make their life easier. You know, young families who are parents with little kids who are just working almost every waking hour because of the cost of living to maintain their household you know if they've got a spare room it's a resource what last words of inspiration would you want to share with everyone today Ludwina if somebody has told you more than half a dozen times that something that you're doing naturally in your life is a great idea pay attention to it because that's exactly how this started oh, we've been living it. like this for four years and so many people kept saying how can I find someone to do that for me wow and we paid attention to it and often it's those things that when they happen at those times and people have later said they say the time, go, oh, that sounds like a great idea, should do that one day, and then one day somebody else does it. You know, listen to it when people are paying attention and saying that's a great idea because we live in a time now, and you know this, Anne-Marie, where technology affords us the luxury Absolutely. to be able to take an idea, create a, a, you know, a peer-to-peer platform to connect people up together, and you've got a concept there. You know, so just really pay attention to what people are saying. And if, if you're doing something that's natural in your life, and it's working for you, then it's probably going to work for a, a stack load of other people too. Fantastic. Well, great last words of advice. Thanks so much for coming on the show. My absolute pleasure. It's been a joy being interviewed by you, Amory. You're really good at this. Oh, thank you. Are you a specialist who supports small business and you want to increase your visibility, reach and influence with your own podcast channel, but you don't want to handle the back-end management and ongoing promotion of your show? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Podcast Network is on the lookout for a select group of specialists who are ready to become an influencing voice in their industry. So if you're an aspiring podcast host or if you have an existing business-focused podcast and you're looking for ways to increase your exposure, reach and results by leveraging our podcast network platform, let's talk. To find out more, go to www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host. That's www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host.
the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Well, that brings us to the end of another show. I know you've taken down lots of notes from all the resources and insights that Ludwina has shared. Please go and check them out as well as the website that she mentioned, www.theroomexchange.com and exchange with the letter X. If this is the first time that you have joined us, it really has been a pleasure to have spent some time with you. I do hope that you'll come back next week and listen to the other guest expert that we'll be featuring on the show. Now, for those of you who have subscribed to the iTunes channel, fantastic, thank you. You're going to be the very first person to know when we release another episode. Now, if you don't want to miss out, you can subscribe as well. All you need to do is go to annemariecross.com forward slash podcast iTunes, annemariecross.com forward slash podcast iTunes. Have a fabulous week and we'll catch you again next week. Bye for now. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.